today I would like us to turn to, in our Bibles please, to Galatians chapter 5. Thanks, buddy. <coughs> and uh, look at um, verses 16 to 18. Galatians 5, verse 16 to uh, 18 says, I say then, live by the Spirit, and you will certainly not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh has desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are opposed to each other, so that you may not do what you want. But if you are guided by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And uh, as I was kind of meditating on that this week, I felt God was saying that that's kind of the thing he wants to look at today, which is about walking by the spirit and not walking by the flesh. Especially the days that we're coming into, your and my natural reasoning is not gonna be able to comprehend the things that we're about to go into. We're about to move into, I believe the church is gonna come into a paradigm shift a paradigm shift, not paradigm, paradigm as I keep being told, a paradigm shift where everything is gonna change. I remember once God showed me this dream, <clears throat> literally the world changed overnight. And I said to God in this dream, I said, why didn't you, uh, why didn't you warn me these things could, were taking place? Why, why didn't you like put, these, put things in place in my life so that I could cope with that sudden change? And God just said, the paradigm is so, so severe, so great that you could never ever prepare for this mentally. It's not something that you can physically prepare for. It's just such, it's, there's no point of reference of which you can relate to what we're about to go into. And I believe as the church, as I prophesied a little while back, the, the church seasons are shifting. And uh, I believe by the time we hit October that we've moved into a new season, spiritually, so to speak, um, over this nation and God's going to be doing some interesting things. I think you're going to see a lot of shaking coming to this nation. You're going to see a lot of shaking sadly coming to the church and that's partly because there's so much of Egypt in the church and God's message to his church at this time is let my people go and it's as much as let my people go as people let go of Egypt because a lot of the church is clinging on to the things of Egypt because that's all they've ever known and so when the shaking comes You've got to hang on to something that doesn't shake. You've got to, you're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So if you're hanging on to the things of worldliness, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be swung around like a little rag doll, whee, all over the place. And God wants his people to come out of Egypt, but he wants Egypt to come out of his people as well. And so in the times that we're coming into, I feel God is telling this church at this time that we need to be people that are walking by the spirit and not walking by the flesh. What is walking by the flesh? <clears throat> it's walking by carnal understanding. In other words, using your brain for everything. Now your brain is useful, keeps your heart going, keeps you thinking, keeps you breathing, you know, helps you speak. It's, we, need, we need our brain, right? But God is wanting the church in this hour to not be using carnal knowledge like, well, this is how we've always done it in the past. And this is the way we've done it in, you know, since this time. And when we've done these kind of churches and we planted it this way, this is how we've done it. Where we're coming to is, is a whole new paradigm. And God wants us to be a people that are listening to his voice. But the problem is, is we've got to get ourselves to a place and really quick to learning to hear his voice. Now, if I was to, if I was to take an average, average Christian, I'll put myself in that, probably that, that camp, and I'd say, okay, on an average day, how much of the day are you actually really interacting with the spirit of God day to day? 
Now, I know you get up in the morning and you have your quiet time or whatever it is, or some people do it in the evening, and you go, yep, that's, that's my bit. That's where I've interacted with God. I've done my spiritual bit for the day. And the rest of my day, I just go around about my business as normal. But where we need to get to is that we need to be in a, almost like two kingdoms at the same time. We need to be in a place where we are constantly hearing the heartbeat of the Spirit while also constantly walking in the world in which we live. Because you don't want to become so super spiritual that you're of no earthly good. But then you don't want to be so, so carnal that you're of no heavenly good either. And so it's actually learning to straddle those two realms and always being listening to the Holy Spirit, always listening to him all the time. I had a bit of a rude awakening the other day when all night the Holy Spirit was telling me something, but it took me all night to actually tune in and listen to him. And I realized in that instant that actually the Holy Spirit is always speaking all of the time, every moment of every day. But quite often or not, we're not tuned into him and we're not listening to him. And there have been times in my life, I mean, I've had quite a weird, a lot of weird experiences with God. And one particular day, this was about, I don't know, 10 years ago. And it was, I guess it was a day the Holy Spirit showed me what it's like to be tuned into the Holy Spirit all day long, whether you like it or not. And I remember just lots of weird stuff happening that day. And one particular time I'm sat down at this table at this park bench area and we're just, I'm eating some sandwiches with my kiddies and stuff. But then there's a woman opposite me and then in an instant, I, I lost who I was. And I was this other person. I was thinking her thoughts. I knew exactly what she was thinking. And, and, and I immediately managed to snap out of it. And then there was other things that were happening throughout the day where I was just constantly aware of things that the Spirit was doing and things that were going on. And it really impacted me that the Spirit is always speaking. He's always imparting knowledge because we have the mind of Christ within us. And it was like I was just tapped into the mind of Christ in that, in that day. And I could hear and see things to a degree that I'd never heard or seen things before. And God wants his church to be in a place where she's more attuned to listening. Because the days of how we've done things for the last 40 years aren't going to work anymore. How we've done church for the last 30 to 40 years isn't going to work anymore. It's just not going to be. It's a whole new season. It's a whole new dynamic. Everything is going to shift. And with that shift, we have got to move with the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of the Lord in the camp of Israel decided, let's go on the move, the Spirit, the pillar of fire or the column of smoke by day, upped and moved. And everybody had to up and move with the Spirit. And this is what we've got to do. The Spirit is on the move and we as Christians need to be up and moving with the Spirit because I wonder if I could be so bold that sometimes if the Spirit had moved, how long it would take us to realise that he's actually moved. You know, sometimes like the Spirit's gone. Well, the Spirit left 20 years ago. We, we're still here having fun. It's like, yeah, but he left 20 years ago. I, I don't want to be those people that are stuck in the wilderness. We've like got this really good patch here and everything's growing. I've got vegetables and stuff growing, but the Spirit of the Lord's moved on. But we'll just see how we keep going here. And But in time, no matter where you're at, you are not with the Spirit of the Lord. And God is wanting his church to be where he is going. And this is, not, this is not how it's been done in the past. It's almost been man is on the platform, he's running the church, and the Holy Spirit kind of has to do what he said. But that's not going to happen anymore. In fact, it was never really like that to start with. The Holy Spirit is saying, I'm in charge. I'm the boss now. I want my church back. And when I move, I want my people to follow me. 
not us say let's follow man and let's follow what he says there's a whole new dynamic coming to the church and as Christians we we need to be in a place where we are moving in the things of the spirit now moving in the things of the spirit doesn't mean being super spiritual you know you know what super spiritual Christians are yeah because you can be a very spiritual Christian and have both feet clearly on the ground and God wants his people in this day and this hour to be a people that are listening clearly and attentively to the things of God. I say then, live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. In other words, your whole essence of your life, how you live your life, how we walk our life, should no longer be walked from the place of the flesh, but now walked from the place of the Holy Spirit. It's about becoming more intentional with God now. It's about taking him more seriously and taking the time more and more to listen to his voice more and more and more. God gave me a dream a long time ago saying that days in which we're coming into, it, we won't necessarily know who's friend or foe. And in this dream, I was having to go up to people and shake their hands. And as I shook their hand, I immediately knew what spirit they were of, whether they were good people or whether they meant harm. And that's the kind of place that we need to be in, where we're that attuned to the things of God, that when he speaks, we go. When we have that sense in our gut that something's wrong, that we trust it. Because in the times which we're coming into, it's gonna be that kind of walk. Every day will be, it's gonna have to be what the Spirit says. We're gonna have to do things as God says, because if we try to trust in carnal reasoning, or try to trust in the way we've always done things, we might end up being in a place where the Spirit is quite clearly not. It says here in verse 17, for the flesh desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And this is where we need to be careful that we're not so locked into our worldly training and our worldly way of doing things that we're not really listening to the spirit of God because we're so, well, this is how I've done it for the last 20 years. This is, you know, this is what my job has taught me. This is what my church training has taught me. This is what natural wisdom has told me, that this can happen and that can happen. Brothers and sisters, we're coming into a time where we have to be moving and operating in the supernatural naturally every day of our lives. I want to say again, supernaturally, naturally. In other words, operating in the supernatural, but as an everyday thing, just like eating just something that we do all the time. Now, many Christians are already operating in the supernatural in a very natural way every day. But the call, I believe, of the Spirit is we've got to really up our game because where we're going is we're going where, where no one has really ever gone for. I forgive the Star Trek pun there, but we are going to boldly go, whether we like it or not, where no one's gone before. And, and, and God wants his church to be awake in these days and God wants his church to be attentive and God wants his church to be at the head of the curve, not behind the curve. When that wave comes, we need to be riding that wave, not being crushed underneath it. God wants his people to have the answer and the solution to what's coming, not be the problem and not, not add to the problem. You know, I said this the other week at our church, like people are gonna come in through those doors and they're gonna look at us thinking, have these guys got it together? Have these guys got the answer? And if they open those doors and see us running around like headless chickens because of what's going on in the world, they'll just go straight out the door and think, man, they're just as bad as we are. That can't be how it has to be. And so you have to ask, we have to ask ourselves now some honest questions. <coughs> Where am I really at with God? Where am I really at? 
Is your relationship with God really deep and secure? Is your identity really found in that relationship with him? Because if it's just found in your Christianity, this kind of surface veneer of your life, even though it's important to you, but if it's not, if it's not really based on deep relationship with God that you are cultivating with him every day, then I'm not saying you're in trouble, but I'm saying you're probably not in a place of strength that you need to be to be able to go through what we're coming into. We need to be developing a relationship with God. And relationship with God, like Daphne was saying about discipleship, it has to be intentional. You can't just stumble into a relationship with God. It's not just something that just randomly happens. It's something that we are purposeful. And so each day of our lives, we have to make sure that we're spending time with him. We're spending time in his word and not just reading the word, but meditating on the word. And I've, I've taught for many years now the importance of meditating on scripture. Why is meditating on scripture so important? Because it's one of the absolute clear ways to be able to hear the voice of the living God anytime, any place, anywhere, without question. You know, when you get the pick up the Bible sometimes and you get those, oh, wow, God's really speaking to me in the scriptures today. Right. On an average Bible study, you will have that happen to you maybe once every couple of weeks. But if you meditate on scripture, every time you open the Bible, God will input revelation to you. And so through that revelation and that constant dialogue with the spirit, and you're doing that day in and day out. You are attuning your inner ear, so to speak, to the voice of God so that when he starts to speak, you can hear him. So like now, most, most, most of the times, because most, most of the time I'm okay, but every time, I, every now and then I get a dull day, but most of the time, you know, I can hear if, if someone said, I was around someone's house the other day and they're like, oh, could you just give a prophetic word to our son? And immediately I could just, I got an instant download of the things of the spirit to say to that, to that, to that person. And it's because I've trained myself to be able to hear the voice of God whenever, I, whenever he needs to speak to me. And also training myself to hear, because there's a lot of times that we're not listening because we're not in ministry mode. <laughs> you know, where we switch that switch, right, I've got to be in ministry mode now, so now I'm listening to God. But if I'm not in ministry mode, I'm not listening to him, okay? But God is saying that switch needs to be on all the time. Not ministry mode, but just on, that we're always listening and attuned to his voice. And we're always listening to that instinct that's within us as well. Women tend to be better at listening to their instinct than men. I mean, how many times, guys, have you had that instinct that says, no, don't do it, don't do it. Yeah, I'll just do it anyway, and it all goes terribly wrong. And I knew that was going to happen. Well, why did you, why did you do it then? Well, I don't know, you know, because I just thought I knew better. Well, we can't be like that, guys. We've got we've to really start tuning in to the things of the Spirit more and more and more. And so we need to be intentional. We need to be taking the time each day, meditating on scripture, spending time in prayer. But all these things are important, but it's not just those things. But we need to be cultivating that constant habitual walk with God all the time. That habitual walking or practice of the presence of God. Always being aware that he is there all of the time. Now, you see, when I when I became a Christian, I came from witchcraft to Christ. So I've seen the power of the dark side, okay? And it's powerful. So I knew that when I came to Christianity, that I knew that the power of God is way beyond anything over there. 
But what I found when I came out of witchcraft, I walked into mainstream evangelical Christianity and found that their understanding of the supernatural was like that, whereas I had witnessed things over here that were like that. And so when I came into Christianity, I came in with this broad view that that's what Christianity at least should be like, even though most people were like that. And so one of the things that I'm always trying to constantly get people to be aware of is that there is such a depth that you can go to in the things of God. There's such a depth of intimacy you can have in Christ. You know, we live in a, a Christianity that's very purpose-driven. <clears throat> you know, what's my ministry? What's my calling? But I, I don't preach on any of that. I don't care, actually, what your ministry is or what your calling is. My, what I care for as a pastor is that people find their identity in their relationship with Christ. Not their identity because they know good theology, but their identity of who they are because they know who God is and they know that they are known by the God whom they love. And so there's this wonderful symbiotic relationship. I'm more interested in Christians knowing God than in anything else that I ever talk about because I've seen the power of the dark side and I've seen the power of, of, of what God can do. And as Christians, we have got to start stretching and reaching out from beyond the normal and stretching out, reaching out and stretching out into those things that are beyond the normal because God has so much to do for the church. He has so much that he wants to do through you as individuals and you as a corporate body. It's unbelievable what he wants to do. But we have to rise up and get our focus out of our narrow-minded evangelical Christianity and widen it out to this huge, big, beautiful plateau that there is an almighty God who is living, who is dynamic, who is active, who's always speaking, who has a heart for this nation, wants to bring salvation to our nation, but he wants to use his body, which is the church, but is she listening? And is she free? Is she going to allow herself to be moved by the Spirit of God? Because the church is the physical body of Christ on the earth and Christ is the head. But half the time Jesus is saying, I want my arm to move, but it's not moving because it won't do as it's told. And I want my leg to move, but it won't move because it's not doing what I've told it to do. But isn't Jesus sovereign? Yes, he is sovereign, but he's also given you and I freedom of choice and free will. We can either choose to walk in the things of God or we can ignore it. And the Spirit is saying, please, in this day, in this hour, will you come on an adventure with me? Will you go places that deep in your heart you've always wanted to go to? Will you throw away the shackles of human wisdom and human logic and the way you've ever done things, because that's how we've done it in the past. Will you throw those things away? Did you know the very shackles which bind you are the very shackles that free you? When we become slaves of righteousness, we tie these shackles of us uh, around us which, are which stops us from doing this and stops us from doing that. But actually it is the way of peace and it is the way of joy. And as we bind ourselves up to the things of the kingdom of God, it will loosen us into greater freedoms than we could ever even begin to acknowledge. And so throw away all of that worldly nonsense and embrace the things of the Spirit and come on an adventure. Come on a new walk with God. Let's go places that the church hasn't been for for a very long time. You know, I spent the last several years reading throughout church history from different church traditions. There have been many wonderful men and women of God that have really learned 
to walk in the things of the Spirit. And these aren't like modern day people. These are people from 700, 800, 1,000 years ago. These are people that really knew how to walk with God. These are people that really knew God and walked in the things of the Spirit. And this is what God is calling his church to in his hour. Brothers and sisters, things are going to get, I think, really tough very soon. And when, let's just say, for example, the wages stop coming in. Let's just say the bank account doesn't work. What are you going to do? Where is your trust? Where is our refuge? Where is our hope? Is it in the God of Barclays? <laughs> I remember once a long time ago, um, uh, some reason a lot of money came into my bank account, which was a bit suspicious, but it was all good. And uh, so this money came to the bank and I actually felt for the first time in ages, I was like, oh, hallelujah. I don't have to worry anymore. I don't even have to like, I don't, I'm going to put this out there. I don't have to trust in God because the money is in the bank. I don't have to worry about that. And as soon as like, that thought went through my mind, the Holy Spirit said to me, yeah, you don't want to go there. You're, and I was like, no, 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 it's all good because the money's in the bank. I'm, I'm okay. I don't have to worry about anything now. And, it's like, and I just felt that, right, you've done it now. And I went to the bank that day and I put my, my, my card into this machine you know, to get some money out. And, the, and it just took my card. I was like, what? And then I think it was a bank holiday as well. And I phoned up the bank and they said, yeah, we can have a new card out, but you can't get it for another five days or something. And I was like, but I need money. I need, I need money. I've got all the money in the account, but I can't get access to it. Well, yeah, pretty much. We can't help you. I'm sorry. And so for five days, when I thought I had loads of money in the bank, I couldn't get a hold of any of it. And it was God's sense of humor. It's like, well, where are you putting your trust? Are you putting your trust in Barclays or are you putting your trust in God? I learned a powerful lesson that day in the times that we're coming into you, you just got to come to a place in yourself where these things don't matter. It was like Tracy, you know, what happens if we can't pay the mortgage? Tracy come to the place where it was like, well, if we have to sleep in a tent, then that's what we have to do. But you've got to come to that place in your heart. It may never happen, but do you see what I'm saying? It's you've got to get to the place in your heart where it's like those things don't matter. Because actually what does matter? What does matter is if you died tomorrow, where would you go? Heaven. Exactly. Some of you, well, hopefully all of you here are going to heaven. Well, that's God's heart and that's God's will. But there are a lot of people out there that don't know God. They have no hope. And if they die tomorrow, they're not going to heaven. And so our job is to bring them into this wonderful kingdom. Our job is to introduce them to Jesus. You know, I was speaking to someone the other day and they said, well, of course, you know, the thing is with other religions, as in Christian religions, you know, they have mediators. We don't have mediators. It's like, of course we have mediators. We are the mediator between God and man of the gospel. We are the mediators of the kingdom of heaven to this place, to this earth. We are mediating God all the time. If you lay hands on the sick, I'm mediating the spirit of God through my body into and over somebody else. We're all mediators. And would you not like to be every day of your life a living, channeling mediator of the Spirit of God so that you can bring freedom to people? Now listen, here's another mistake that, that people make, and I made this mistake a long time ago. Is that Holy Spirit asked me this question the other day. He said, a long time ago, you used to dream about being an itinerant preacher and seeing signs and wonders around your ministry. I was like, yes, yes, I do remember those dreams. And he said to me, how would you like to do that now? And I knew where he was going with the question. I said, well, I really wouldn't like to do that now. Because we're having this conversation. Because if I did that when I wanted to back when I was younger, preaching, signs and wonders, 
there would still be an emptiness inside of me. And I knew even back then when I was younger, there was an emptiness inside of me and I couldn't figure out what that was. And I thought, well, maybe if I just have the anointing and the signs and the wonders, maybe that will fill up the void and the emptiness that's within me, even though I'm a born again, spirit filled Christian. But over the years, the spirit has shown me that actually that void and that emptiness is not the lack of power, but the lack of relationship with God. And so now I would rather be a guy that never says or preaches anything or sees any signs and wonders, but I'd rather have that relationship with God above everything else, because that is what I treasure now above everything else. I remember years ago, I used to, I used to say to Tracy when I was going out with her, oh, I'm praying for the anointing sister. I'm doing all this and I'm doing that. You know, and I, man, I prayed and I fasted for it. I mean, I, I did it. I'm going to be arrogant, but I did it good. But God still wasn't going to give it to me. And Tracy said to me, you're not, you're not going to get those prayers answered. I'm like, why? Because you don't know him. And I was like, oh, that really hurt. I was like, whoa, what do you mean I don't know him? I, I do this and I do this and I do this. But they were all works. They weren't actually based on relationship. And over the years, you know, as you always, guys, you always learn. She's always right. You're always wrong. And in time, I learned humility. And we shake your head for you. know it's true. Right? I learned I humility and I learned wisdom. And I, and, I, and I learned actually to really start listening to God and to start cultivating that relationship with God. So much so that now all of the things that I used to hanker for, like the signs and the wonders, are not relevant to me now because actually everything should come out of the place of relationship. Because if it's not born out of the place of relationship, everything you do will be for the glory of you. If you don't have true relationship, but you're seeing signs and wonders and miracles, well, what's motivating you to do what you do? You must be birthed in the things of God. You must have this constant relationship with him that you can say to someone, I know my God. And when you know the day has come where you can say, I, I know my God, I speak to him, he speaks to me, we have a good relationship with each other. When you can say that, you know you're in a good place. John 17, three says, eternal life is knowing God. And so I always used to say to people, what is the quality of your eternal life? How well do you really know him? And so this talk today is not to make you feel bad or anything like that, but actually to challenge us all. Where are we with our walk with God? And if it's not as good as it could be, then let's be in, let's have an incentive to make it as good as it can be. Because the invitation is there and the Holy Spirit is, is beckoning us. And I was just thinking earlier on, as I was going to the toilet in the, in, in the little thing over there, the Holy Spirit said to me, show me this picture of, of how we treat him sometimes. Let's just say you've got a really good friend and your really good friend is sat there on a chair over there. And you're like, all right, um, I'll just call him George. All right, George, I'm a bit busy today. Can you just, you sit there. I'm not going to go anywhere, Chris. All right, if you just sit there and I'll go do my stuff and I'll come back and we'll, we'll catch up and have a great chat and stuff like that. All right. Okay, George. Yeah, yeah okay, Chris. But I'm out. I'm out all day. I'm really busy. Comes tea time. Sorry, George, I can't see you right now. I've got, I've got to make tea. I've got to do all this stuff. Then that day goes. Then another day goes. Then another day goes. Then another day goes. And I might get a quick five minutes with George. Then another day goes. And I'm thinking, how would George feel about that? It'd break his heart that I claim to be his friend, yet I'm just not giving him the time. Yet he's always there waiting for me because he wants to give me the time. 
And so I want to, con- I want to end it on that. I want you to think of that picture. The Holy Spirit is always willing, eager, waiting. But are we always willing, eager and wanting to be in his presence? Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I pray for all these good people here today, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you will put an insatiable hunger in us, Lord God, to know you more. Because, Lord, sometimes we're just not in the place where we want to know you more. And I pray, Lord God, in our weakness, Lord, in our hardness of heart, Holy Spirit, you soften our hearts and you bring us to the place where we will want to know you more and more and more. And Jesus, bring us into the place where we hear you more and more and more. And it's your spirit, Lord, that changes our hearts, not our works or our deeds, but your goodness and your kindness and your mercy. And Lord, through that, that the church would be attentive to the signs of the times and walk in the places you would have us go. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus and all the saints said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.